uh, to talk about uh, the story in Mark 1, 40, uh, the man that was healed of leprosy. Um, how many of us, like, know anyone or have had leprosy ourselves? It's, you do know someone. Okay, well, didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a fairly rare disease in the United States, only about 20,000 a year. Uh, I've never had leprosy, but I did have acne growing up. In high school, kids can be mean. It's almost like leprosy. It spreads much like any other disease through human-to-human contact or even being in the same proximity as another one who has it. But nowadays, it can be treated with a multi-drug therapy, which sounds like boatloads of fun, but you should be good to go, lepers free in 6 to 12 months. Let's read uh, the passage, uh, Mark 1, 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, and he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. When looking at a, this is the main scripture today, but looking at the scripture, I like going just before and just after, and you can fully understand, like, what what the story is all about. The fact that Jesus healed this man of leprosy is quite a deal, and it is great, but I do feel like it's a little bit of fluff in a bigger story. So just before it. It reads like this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to a nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in synagogues and driving out demons. The first point I would like to make, it is good to wake up early, very early, before the sun even comes up. Some of us might have even had a hard time getting here this morning. There is a couple people that I'd like to point out that do wake up very early. I don't see him. Grant, Graber? How, what time do you wake up during the week? Yeah, that's early. <laughs> uh, the second is, is Jesus went to be alone with God to get his next assignment, if you will. He prayed with him. And that's when he said, so we'll go to somewhere else. So he got, he spent time, and he got his mission uh, when, he was with Jesus, uh, when he was with his heavenly father early in the morning. He does talk about taking the three, his main three, and then his, his disciples, the 12 disciples, but he, there was emphasis made that he was alone with his heavenly father. And I think this is the most, one of the most important things. I know for myself, when I take time during the middle of my day, it just, just doesn't happen because of the hecticness and the craziness of, of the day. We need to make it a priority to spend our first time with God. The other thing that is good about waking up early is the, the fact that we're up a couple hours 
before everyone else, and we've had a half a pot of coffee already. So by that point of the day, people seem fairly reasonable. We'll read the, the main text again, uh, 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched him. Touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he was clean, cleansed. A man with leprosy begged Jesus. He was desperate. How many of us have begged Jesus for something? This man had the nerve to go up to Jesus without any social distancing and to beg him on his knees. This would have been a bigger deal then than it, social distancing is now. Um, the Israelites had tons of protocol that they had to go through since he had leprosy. Even a lot more than even now in 2020. The Israelites had two full chapters in Leviticus. And although it's not the most exciting book of the Bible, it can still bring some valuable points. So some of their customs went like this. The priest had to examine a sore on, say, your arm or wherever. And if, that's, if the hair on that sore had turned white, and the sore, the sore appeared to be more than just skin deep, then it was a, a defiling skin disease. And that person would have had to have been ceremonially unclean. But if that spot was just, if that shiny spot on the skin was just white, but it didn't appear to be more than skin deep or didn't affect the hair, then the priest was supposed to isolate the affected person for seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest would re-examine this man or woman. And if, this, and if they see the sore has been unchanged and, and not spread in the skin, he's supposed to isolate him for another seven days. And on the seventh day, he would examine him again. And if the sore had faded or has not spread, then the priest shall pronounce them clean. It's just a rash. In Leviticus, they also talk about all the, the things that they would have to do with their clothes and in even the house that the man with leprosy lived in. If a person had leprosy, like in Mark, they couldn't live in town, in the town. They had to live separately, outside of town, with other lepers. So if they had a family, sorry about your luck, they couldn't see them, couldn't get close to them. They even had a specific dress code. And this morning, I would actually like to point out there is some people with a similar dress code today. So they had to wear torn clothes, let their hair laying loose, and cover their upper lip. I was looking, looking at the youth over there. Uh, a leper was no longer na named yeah, known by his name, his or her name. And every time they walked into a room where they could affect another person, they were to yell, unclean, unclean. This was their new identity, which would have been much like 
um, a life sentence of isolation. Now, let's jump to the end, or just, just after that verse. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you do not tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and after the, yeah, offer your sacrifices to, as Moses commands for your cleansing, as a, a testimony to them. Instead, he went and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed in lonely places. Yet the people still came from everywhere. I can't help but think that this man that had leprosy had it for a long time. Or maybe he was just in isolation for, for a while. Because if, if you had a, a spot on your skin, you could easily hide it. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't need to worry about that. I can just cover it up. Easy enough. But eventually, it would come to a point where you couldn't cover it up anymore. You couldn't stop hiding it. For this guy, it was leprosy, but for some of us, it might be other stuff, like maybe shame, depression, anger. Maybe we work too much. Maybe we don't work enough. Or maybe it's an addiction. The thing about addictions is you're not really an addict until someone else knows about it. You just do your thing. Or maybe it's social media and the chaos that could bring to your life. Or judging others, comparing yourself to others. We all know how much a downhill spiral that could be. Or maybe it's a health condition. It really could go on and on. We all have certain spots that we try to hide. And some of us might be really good at it because we've been doing it for years. Or maybe your spot's just a little one and doesn't have much to it yet. Judging by the way this man reacted when he was healed, it was a long time. He became the town crier in a matter of minutes. This guy told every person that he encountered that he was healed. I can imagine him saying it in that same loud voice, same loud voice where he used to say, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. This man had a lot of emotional wounds that Jesus wanted to heal. Remember, Jesus had gotten up early to pray. After that, he got his mission. He did go around meeting people and preaching and casting out demons. But my guess is this is the reason why Jesus went to the next town. To meet this man. I would have loved to see the reaction on the disciples' face when this man with leprosy came up to Jesus. After all, I mean, we all know how Peter reacted when the priest tried to arrest Jesus. I'm pretty sure he would not have stood for that kind of behavior. In fact, a man with leprosy 
had to stay more than 50 paces away from anyone who didn't have leprosy. That's 200 feet. Jesus also, he was indignant. This is a, I like this word. I like this word a lot. And it, from what I can tell, it's the closest to what the actual text actually used. But many texts say he was moved with pity or he had compassion on this man. And I'm sure he did. He, after all, he was a child of God. But Jesus was indignant. And indignant is feeling or showing anger or annoyance at the at what is perceived to be unfair treatment. Let's read Matthew 8. Matthew, yeah, Matthew 8, 8. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man, I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go, and he goes, and that one to come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and do it, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to, the fo- to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come to the east, yeah, come from the east and the west, and take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown aside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believe it would. And the servant was healed at that moment. I wanted to read this story and bring it up. Mostly, most of the people, most of the time, people talk about it as a great faith story, and it is. That's plain. I also wanted to highlight the fact that Jesus did not need to touch someone to heal them. He didn't even need to be in the same place. My guess, there was a whole town from Jesus and the centurion's servant. Jesus didn't even see this man, but Jesus healed him. Jesus touched that lever, the leper before he was healed. Let's say this man had not had any human contact for a year or maybe five years or maybe it was his whole, his whole life. Can you imagine that, not coming in contact with anyone? I wanted to shake someone's hand or talk to someone face to face and we've only been doing this for eight months. And if we're honest, we haven't really been doing this whole social distancing thing that well. We're beginning fairly lax. But Jesus took it on himself and touched him, yeah, touched the man before he was clean. Before he was ruled acceptable by others. Before the man ironed his life out. This is why Jesus came to earth to heal our core issues. The core issues in our lives. The ones that no one knows about. The stuff that has gripped us for years and has formed our identity, our habits, and our life. This is the one of the first time that Jesus took the burdens from someone else and put it on him. The man with leprosy was in, lo- 
lived in lonely places. And in verse 45, it then says, as a result, Jesus could not enter, could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Jesus took the burden from this man permanently. Another story in Mark 5.25. I'll summarize it because Debbie talked about it a couple weeks ago, and she nailed it. But it was a woman who had bleeding for 12 years. She had the faith to say, if I could only touch Jesus' garment, I will be made well. She did not want to draw any more attention to herself because of the shame that she felt. But she wanted to touch. She was wanting to get close to Jesus. She knew if she did, well, she did, and she would, she was healed, and Jesus felt the power go out of go out of him. And he wanted to know who touched him. Pick it up in verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman knowing what had happened to her came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. She told the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. I like this story because Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. He was already going with a purpose. I've often questioned why would Jesus stop? The woman got what she wanted. She was healed. Seems effective and efficient to just keep going. He healed her. And what? now it's time to go to the important guy's house. I do believe Jesus stopped for one reason. It was to to declare her, yeah, to, to declare over this woman that she was named. Yeah, hold on, let's go back a second. It was to, to declare a new name over this woman. See, she was known and she was named for the things that hindered her. She was the woman that had the discharge of blood. I'm not an expert in this. I don't really care to be. But some say that she had a nonstop period, or some say that she was hemorrhaging. Either way, she couldn't have a son. She couldn't have a child, and that was a big deal. Very disgraceful in that time. Either way, it was much like the man with a skin disease. She would have had her own in-depth rules that she had to follow. She had to keep her distance from people as well. Jesus knew what she needed, and he stopped to declare her to be known as daughter. She was no longer named for what ailed her. She was no longer the woman with the discharge of blood. I liked Carla's word last week and how we've developed a ball and chain that we've learned to run with. And some of us 
have been running for a while and might even be able to run a full marathon with our chain and ball. I was pressed to, to research uh, the chain and ball a little bit. And from what I can tell, in the 15th and to the 17th century, most commonly, the ball and chain was only weighed 20 to 50 pounds. Not a lot of weight, but if you're dragging it around for days, for weeks, months, years, that would get heavy. The thing that I found about sores that we try to hide and the ball and chain that we might try to run with is sores always get bigger and the ball and chains always get heavier. God did not, did not, God did not design us to, have, to hide anything. The shame that, is welling, that wells up inside, when we even think about disclosing the toughest things, I know God wants to heal and break off this morning. Once the shame is broken off, then he can start working on the rest of the stuff that is holding us back. And that is in, in all of our lives. The worship team wants to come up. I would like to challenge you this week and in the next several weeks ahead to talk to someone about your sores that you might be hiding. God wants to use, God wants to use you to your full capacity. God uses us even with our sores or our fallen chains. We just might be a little bit slower and less efficient, effective. But God's desire for our lives is so much bigger than we can even perceive in, in our moment. Talk to someone that you trust. I would also challenge you to come up this morning and receive prayer. And break off whatever is holding you back and, and the sores. Take that step. I would love to pray with you. The prayer team would also like to pray with you. And I would also like to help you find someone safe that you can connect with. Because sores and sorrows will only grow bigger in isolation. I'd also like to pray a blessing over everyone this morning, if we can stand. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the words that you've spoken this morning. I thank you that you are good, and I pray that those that are here that are struggling with shame would be um, and declare to be broken off in the name of Jesus. I praise you for you call us sons and daughters, and I pray that for the things that are holding us back and slowing us down to be uprooted and removed in the name of Jesus. I encourage you guys to come up. Um, come up or get someone, get with someone that's here this morning that you see around you. Tyler. It's an important word for us. I think there are several things that Tyler said that we should just really take in. 
some of these things that we carry around with us, God can still use us. It just slows us down. It doesn't necessarily disqualify us, but it does make it tougher. We want to set you free. And one of the things we're wanting to do is start to find ways to reintroduce some things that have been important for us as a church. One is praying invitations and praying for people following. And so just so you know what's going on, uh, we'll be up here. We'll be praying for those who like prayer. As we pray for you, we're going to do two things. One, we will wear masks like the prayer team does when they pray uh, personally there. Don't take it personally if we do. Uh, it's just something that we are doing in this season uh, to recognize, acknowledge where we are. And the others, we're going to sit to pray uh, because sometimes the Holy Spirit does overcome folks. And uh, we want to be able to manage things up front here in a way that... Uh, just, just in a good way for this season as well. And so if you'd like prayer, come on up. Tyler's invitation. Uh, you want to be set free. Addictions. Anger. And you know what it is, what you got. Just come on up. And we'll pray with you. And we'll pray with you. And we'll help to uh, give you uh, some steps to take after we pray with you. Let's worship. Oh 
song again and uh, champion and uh, feel free to join us join us in prayer join us in worship feel free to be dismissed as well tried so hard to see it It took me so long to believe it That you choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give what we don't deserve and You take these broken things 
and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in a heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. how to receive it so let all the striving see oh for this is my victory you are my champion giants fall when you stand undefeated every battle you've won I am Giants fall when you 
I'm seated. Oh, I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Yes, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered. 